Hello and welcome to the Community Cactus. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Happy Halloween, everybody. So it's a little different this year. I mean, I know some kids will go out, but where I am, they're strongly recommending against it. So it's definitely not going to be your typical Halloween. And I'm not a big Halloween person. I got to tell you, like I am itching for Christmas though. <laughs> like this weekend, as soon as Halloween is over with, I am going to decorate the house because like, why not? Right? I mean, we're going to be stuck inside still quite a bit. I work from home. So I just feel like I'm going to just enjoy my absolute favorite season as long as humanly possible. <laughs> and then my husband can put up all the Christmas lights when the weather's still half decent. So he probably is going to be like, oh God, <laughs> he hates putting up Christmas lights. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm on a tangent. Go figure, right? But let's talk about Halloween. And I was thinking, you know, I really did want to do something that was kind of honoring this time of year. And I've got some stories. I've got some ghost stories of my own. And I thought, you know what? It's the perfect time to share. I had thought this would be actually a really good time. It's one of those moments in my life that I thought, you know, I have I have mentioned previously like on the podcast that I am a strong believer of the law of attraction. And a part of the law of attraction is energy, right? So I don't believe that you just become nothing when you're gone. And why that's really relevant is that, you know, I think this was one of those pivotal moments when I kind of realized that um, people don't just move on necessarily, like their energy can still be here and it can show themselves in different ways. So are you ready for my ghost story? All right, let's dive in. So when I was a little girl, I grew up in this really old house, but we bought it Oh, goodness. I had to have been maybe in the sixth grade when we bought this house. So young, but not young enough not to remember living somewhere else beforehand. And I was also young enough not to remember, well, not to really be a part of the whole process of my mom and stepdad buying this house. So I remember touring different houses and we wanted an older house. So we ended up looking at this old house and... We, my stepdad had called it Old Yeller. It just had this awesome feel to it. And, you know, it had this property that was like, for being in the city, it was amazing. It was a double wide lot, double deep. It had like a little bit of a foresty area kind of in the back. And what was neat is all the houses kind of surrounded this little forest area. It was a really interesting property. And this house was old and it was beautiful. And I remember them saying that there had only been you know, one previous owner. So they had lived there for like 60 years or something crazy. But that was pretty much all I had known bef beforehand um, about the house. So we ended up purchasing this house. So to give you context, because visually it didn't make sense, but I mean, I was pretty young. So how old are you in the grade sixth grade? What, like 12, maybe? I don't know, something like that. So there, when you came up the stairs, there was like an angled door that went to my parents' bedroom. And then to the right was another bedroom and then like a little kind of jog and then my bedroom. And it kind of almost looked like the hallway could have kept going, but it just, it stopped right past my bedroom door. And we had like a little bookcase there and stuff. So it didn't go anywhere. And I remember one evening 
I was lying in bed and my bed faced the door. And I remember seeing a man like walk past my door. And I was petrified. And I mean like I didn't re- like I didn't register the fact that my ha- like it, the hallway outside of my door didn't keep going that way. I just I saw a man walk past my door and technically they would have gone nowhere, but I saw it and I was so so scared. I eventually managed to get out of bed and go to my parents' room and wake them up because that's how scared I was. Like somebody was in the house and I was like, "Oh my god, I just saw somebody in the house." And then my mom's like, "I saw somebody in the house too." So my stepdad I'm pretty sure he had like a bat under his bed, which is really funny. I just realized my husband does the same thing. (laughs) Anyways, so he grabs the bat and he's searching the house because both my mom and I are like convinced there is a man in the house, which also, why didn't she come and check on me? (laughs) So many things just came, came out of that thought bubble. Okay, moving on. So my stepdad is searching you know he's gone in every room and then so we had this basement and I gotta this is this kind of freaked me out so it was such an old house that the basement had like a door from the outside so it was like one of those ones like um I feel like you've seen them in movies where you open the two uh doors like it's kind of like on an angle and you go downstairs and like it's like looks like you're going into like uh the ground but it actually goes into the basement like this basement was like dirt floor. It was low ceiling. Like it wasn't a basement you could like renovate and live in and use as usable space. It was that type of a basement. It was falling apart. I mean, the house was standing, but the basement was just not, it it was not a livable basement. So, you know, you go down these stairs and there's like dirt floor. And then there was like two sections to the basement. So it's so creepy now that I actually think about it. So the first section, I think it's where they put like boilers or, or water or something because it had like these little, almost like a corral on each side. I can't even remember. I don't even think I ever asked why it was like that. I kind of wish my stepdad's passed and I kind of wish I could ask him like what the heck was going on with that basement. So then you had that like weird section, which I don't know what the hell it was for. And then there was like this weird rickety door that went into like the next part of the basement. And again, it had like a really shitty poured concrete floor. And my stepdad was, um, he liked to work on like wood projects so he had like a little shop which was hilarious because you couldn't even stand up straight but he had like a little shop down there that he could you know sit down and work on some stuff so it but it was really really damp and dusky like musky musky and it was just I we never went down there and even the door so the door from inside the house that went to the basement because you could get to the house from inside which was also when you think about it's like you can get it from outside or inside Ah, it's so creepy. Um, it had like a deadbolt because obviously you could access the basement from the outside. So that had a special lock on it. And then there was like a deadbolt on the one that went from the inside that you had to use a key on. Like it was pretty like good security, I guess, in that time lock. So anyways, moving on. So he goes downstairs to the basement because obviously if somebody's in the house, they've probably come up through the basement. That is why that is important. <laughs> just described the entire basement to you but that is why because you could access the house from the outside not from like the front door so if anybody was going to get into that house that's how they were doing it so 
He checks everything. There's nobody in the house. Like he has checked every square inch of this house. We are all up and just like, ooh. So we all end up going back to bed. He goes, it must have been like a bad dream or you must have seen something. And my mom's like, me too. And he goes, I don't know. Like I'm not, we're not dealing with this right now. So I don't remember if they knew or if they called the realtor and asked, but basically what came to light shortly after that was that, so the couple who had owned the house originally, now I said there was only one couple, but it actually might've been two. I can't remember. I feel like we were only the second or third people to own that house. I know there wasn't a lot of people that lived there. But anyways, so the couple that we bought the house from, apparently it wasn't the original husband. (laughs) I know that sounds really weird. Um, So she had been married to somebody for many, many years and that was their home for like 30 years or something. And he died of a heart attack in the house, which we didn't I don't think we knew about, or maybe they knew about it, but they didn't tell me about it. I don't know. I was 12 ish. This guy, her like, I guess husband, but he had passed, had died in the house. Like apparently he was sitting in his chair and he had a massive heart attack and he died. So he died in the house. And the guy that she's with now was her either second husband or partner or whatever. Like they were old, but so she had moved on and we were just like, Oh my God, the ex, not ex-husband, but the past, the deceased husband is still in the house because the guy that I saw was like a fat older guy. Like I just knew, like, I don't know if I knew, but like you get a sense. It's like an, of just, you kind of know the presence of the person that, I don't know, it's kind of, it's so hard to put your finger on it, but like, I can still picture it to this day, what he looked like. And he was this old old guy, old overweight guy. So and my mom said the same thing. So once we really knew that, we were like, okay, so he's still here. Didn't feel scared kind of once we knew. And once we knew, we were more aware of it. And so there was a new thing that started happening. So, oh, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I did make my stepdad put bars on all the basement windows and like get extra locks on the doors because I was still a little scared that somebody was coming in through the basement. I don't know. That basement always gave me the heebie-jeebies. So I was like, you need to lock that shit up nice and tight. Like, I don't care. I don't want anybody getting in through that. So that was one of my things, like get that basement under control. (laughs) So that was done. So I was less afraid of the basement because I knew it was so secure. And there was bars on the windows, which probably if anybody saw the house was like, why the fuck are there bars on the windows? Only in the basement. But just old house. It was like they were original windows, I think. Like they were really old. So anyways, moving on. We So the kitchen was an addition onto the house. And back in the day, it was probably built in like the 70s, to be honest. I think they were like peach colored cabinets. Like why we didn't paint them, I don't know, but whatever. And they were really creaky. So like they would be like, and then it had like that little prong thing and it would like, it had to like snap over top to close it, like to catch it. I don't know if you can picture that. So like you'd close the handle and then the prong would like clasp onto the like little attachment. So it'd be like, click, like you would hear that shut right? I mean, you could slime it, but like that was what it sounded like <laughs> as best as I could do it with my voice. And so 
so many nights after that first initial time that we saw him, I would hear the cabinets in the middle of the night shut, opening and shutting. It was like he was looking for something. So it'd be like, clack, click, like that little push sound. So like he wasn't slamming them, which was nice. (laughs) But I asked my mom, I'm like, are you hearing this? She's like every freaking night. So like he was constantly like looking for something. And every night we would hear cabinet doors opening and closing for the whole time we lived there. And I would see him often after that. And it was always like out of the corner of my eye, you'd see him walking by and it would be different times. And my mom would have the exact same experience. I to this day, and I can't ask him, but I don't think my stepdad ever saw it. (laughs) So I kind of feel like He's like, well, I don't know, maybe they're crazy because he, I don't think he ever really saw it, but he didn't not believe in it. So he never made me feel like it was weird, but it was definitely interesting because we were able to talk to some of our neighbors too. And they were like, oh yeah, that was a, that was a whole thing when like the new guy came in because he came in really soon after they, like he had passed and there was a lot of kind of like, oh, like eyebrow raises, you know, about the whole situation. So I kind of feel like he was angry, not with us, but just angry with like the situation that like another man like had moved into his house. But I feel like it was really lucky because he wasn't ever like super aggressive or angry, you know, towards us. But definitely an interesting experience having like a ghost. He was our housemate in a way. He was our house ghost. And we just accepted him and it was like well you were here first so as long as you're you know not scaring the living shit out of us we're all good so we lived with a ghost and it was fine and I feel like ever since that moment I've I've been very aware of the fact that spirits do exist I mean I don't think there's anything wrong with believing in that I I mean it just gives you more comfort to think that the people that you loved aren't necessarily gone, right? Like I know for me, I've lost a lot of people in my life. So knowing that there's a potential that they're still here is great or that there's a way that they can maybe communicate with you if they need to. And I totally believe in that as well. But my next experience, my next story is one of those psychic moments. Have you ever had like a psychic moment where you just go, you do something and you or you know something before it happens and you're like, whoa, like I don't have psychic abilities, but I've had psychic like moments. And this one, I think it literally freaked everybody out that I was working with. So I was working at Cineplex Odeon. And so I was, oh, how old was I? 16 maybe. And I worked in the concession. So concession is where you have all the food and the popcorn and everything. And so back then, and I don't know, I haven't been to a movie theater in a long time, but they used to have these little kid boxes and you would put um, the little plastic drink and it had like a, a pointy lid with a straw that came out. You gave them like a little chocolate and then there was a little area for the popcorn. Well, these boxes you had to put together and we would stack them up on these racking in the back and we would do that so that when you got busy and you had a lot of kids orders you could just grab you know however many you needed fill them up and they're good to go because they're a little tedious to kind of like put together I was out front and it was like in between like all the movies were playing and that's when you kind of clean everything up right so the movies are playing we're cleaning we're getting stuff ready for the next round of movies to start 
And there was a girl that I worked with and she was in the back and she was organizing some of the, the supplies in the back. And these boxes were some of them. And like, they're pretty light. And I was in the front and I saw, which didn't even really make sense, but like a part of me just saw it happen. And I was like, oh, are you okay? And she's like, what? And then all of the boxes fell on her. And I had already been like walking towards her. And I'm like, whoa, I just saw that happen before it happened. It's so weird. I was literally like, I saw the little boxes fall on top of her and I asked her if she was okay. And then she was like, what are you talking about? And then all the boxes fell on her. She was fine. But she kind of looked at me like, wait, what? I'm like, I oh my God. Like I was like, I swear I just saw that happen before it actually happened. And she was like, Ugh. like she was a little freaked out by me. Um, yeah. And that was like one of my only psychic moments, but I've often like I've met with a medium before and I've often wondered like, is there a way to tap into that? Like <laughs> there's just, you know, can you tell me the lotto numbers? No, just kidding. <laughs> but really, um, I don't know like how, how it happens. And I feel like when you're young, it's totally different than when you're older. Like I feel like you lose that ability as you age. I don't know why, if you're not tapped into it. Like I feel like I'm still really open to the vibrations of the universe. So I am really aware of like when um, the universe sends me messages or when my loved one sends me messages. Like for the longest time, I have been seeing the number 222. And I finally looked or maybe I saw a YouTube video on it or something, but it's an angel number. And then lately I've been seeing 444. And then I've been seeing 333. And it's been kind of weird because I've been seeing those sets of numbers reoccurring. And every time I see them multiple times a day, I was like, okay, I got to remind myself what this set means just so that I'm kind of aware of it, you know? It was really bizarre because at one point, like on the podcast and on a bunch of other different things, like I had 444 as followers on like everything or I was following 444 and I didn't mean to like it just landed on that and I was like "Ooh, that's so bizarre so yeah that's another thing angel numbers you know what a lot of people say they see 1111 that's like the same thing 111 is another one so yeah those psychic abilities it's so fascinating and so there's this I gotta tell you about this guy while we're on the subject of supernatural and fun stories like that so his name is Mark and he owns Olive Readers. And if you've never been, I mean, he is booked up till 2024 or 2025, like crazy long wait times, but so worth it. He's probably one of that like very small percentage that actually knows like what the fuck he's doing and what the fuck he's talking about. And I say that because there's a lot of scammers out there. When it comes to the supernatural world, I do believe that there are people who can tap into it, but I don't believe there are nearly as many as are out there like selling that service. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a skeptic in me, but he's legit. He is the real fucking deal. And with everything that happened, so I had an appointment with him and it was like, I don't know, 2023 or 2022 or something like that. And so I think I've mentioned in a previous podcast, but I lost my dad 18 months ago. I actually kind of met Mark before I actually booked with him and I didn't know who he was but he had like super freaky so my mom and him lived near each other and he actually approached my mom and was like hey 
your ex-husband just wants to let your daughter know that he's sorry and that he loves you and that he loves your daughter or something like that. Sorry, not loves you, but loves your daughter and that he's sorry. And my mom just was like, holy fucking shit. Like I'm getting chills just thinking about it. So like he, number one, had never met my mom before. My mom has a different last name. It's her ex-husband, not like her current. She doesn't have current husband, but it's not like there was no way you could Google that. You know what I mean? Like there's no way to know that this woman who lives near him is um, divorced, number one. Number two, he may have known that she had a kid, but like to know that the father died, like my mom's not that old. My dad was only 59 when he passed. He was quite young. So she was just like, whoa, this is freaky. She ended up chatting with him again. And he said that my dad kept coming to him. And it was, I think, because of the proximity to my mom and knowing that my mom could give me the messages. And he said that he was, he like nailed his personality to a T and he was very adamant pushing Mark to talk to my mom about getting the message to me. So when I booked the appointment with him, because I hadn't met him. So I was like, well, I'm going to book an appointment with him. If he's like this legit and this, like he hit the nail on the head, I'm going to make an appointment. I emailed, I booked an appointment. He's like, oh, I'm full until this time. So I was like, that's all right. Whenever you can, you can. No rush. Then coronavirus happens. Well, it threw everybody's, obviously, schedules through, you know, kind of haywire. So he ends up saying to me, he emails me and he says, I have an opening. With coronavirus, a lot of my plans had changed. So I have an opening and your dad is very persistent. So let's, let's do this. And I was just like mouth on floor. So we did a zoom. So just so you know, we didn't get together face to face because we weren't allowed, but we did a zoom. And I thought, I don't know how accurate this is going to be. Like it's zoom. Don't you need to like be around the person? Like, I didn't know how this was going to work. I am shooketh. I, so I did this zoom reading with him and like he knew stuff about like he knew how he even knew like that my dad had three sisters again not google googleable not googleable that's right Go he couldn't google it <laughs> that's what i was trying to get at um he could have probably figured out that my dad had two sisters through like honestly searching but one sister no there was no way because she's not online so i knew there was like certain things that he just couldn't have known and my dad isn't from here. So he's from Northern Ontario. There was just so many things, even when it came to my own like half brothers and sisters, he knew exactly how many there were, which, okay, yes, you could possibly Google that. Some of the information just was too bang on. Like he described things about my dad's sisters that were personality wise like you couldn't know that my dad's one sister has a very bold personality and the other one is much softer and kinder and it's <laughs> I'm not trying to be a bitch I'm just trying to be like it's hard to explain but they're very different and then there's another sister and she's um she's got her own challenges in life that's I think the nicest way to put that so and he knew that and like there's no way you would know that unless you knew our family and there's no way he could know our family. So it was just like, whoa. And there was a really interesting thing 
really bizarre thing that was happening after my dad passed. So my dad always played guitar. He always played in a band. He sang, he played in a band, and he was very music oriented like his whole life. And he even kept a guitar here for when he would visit so he could play to my son, his grandson. Guitar was kind of like that one thing that he always had. So when he passed, I ordered an urn online that I thought because we all took some of his ashes and it was just really a natural like wood urn. It just felt like a lot like my dad. He he loved being outside. He loved um, taking care of his plants and he loved his, he had a little vineyard up north. So like all that kind of stuff. So he, he was really into that. So it was, I needed to get something that was very natural and it just felt like him. So I ordered this from Etsy and it's this custom hand carved, beautiful, small little urn for the ashes. Well, what was super bizarre was that with that, I got a guitar keychain with my initial on it. And I'm like, okay, maybe this guy sends out little gifts with it, but it was a guitar keychain with my initials on it, which I thought, whoa, that's fucked. And then I was re like shortly after he passed, I was at a conference in Chicago and I go into the hotel room and they have like a little snack basket. Um, the Virgin Hotel in Chicago, by the way. Oh my God, it's amazing. You have to stay there. If you haven't been there, stay there. So I'm at the Virgin Hotel and in the suite, in the room suite, whatever, they have this like basket of like little goodies and foods and different things that you can get. And there is like a little guitar with, I don't know, candies in it or something. And I'm like, oh my God, this guitar again. And then I see guitars everywhere. So like literally we're at a restaurant, we get seated, there's a guitar painted on the wall. I'm, you know, out shopping for whatever. And there's like a little guitar, like randomly placed, stands out. And it was for a good while, I would see guitars everywhere. So when I'm on this discussion with him, and again, there's lots of things people can say like that are typical feathers and dimes and blah, blah, blah. Like there's all those typical things that you do see when it's a loved one, but those are typical. I feel like that's more common knowledge, but he mentions the guitar and he's like, your dad's been sending you little gifts and little messages in the form of a guitar. Again, no way he could know that. Ooh, shook. It was wild. There are some like legit people out there. So yeah, then, so here's another, like, this is where I'm like, Wah! so my other kind of freaky story. So my husband, I got to tell you guys, <laughs> he is like, I feel like he's like a closet believer. Like he always wants to know more, but at the same time, it like freaks the shit out of him. He is like, so not into this stuff, like the way I'm into this stuff, but he knows that it happens and he doesn't disbelieve it. He just doesn't really want to know too much about it because it just kind of gives him like the heebie-jeebies a little bit. So we had this really unfortunate situation where our neighbor passed and my husband did find him. Now he was very old and, but it was traumatic. I mean, we're talking like super traumatic because they were very close. And even though he was older, my husband finding him was just devastating devastating on so many levels because they were friends. We've been neighbors for a long time and it was just a really tragic situation. And even though he was older and he did die of a heart attack, it's like, you just don't expect it. You know, you're not prepared for it. And it was the first time in my husband's life 
I mean, other than like my, like my family that stuff that has happened, but he had never been in the situation where he had discovered a body, which is like, oh my God, super traumatizing. And I mean, I heard him screaming from like inside the house. outside. like, it was very, very traumatizing because you just, you're not prepared for that mentally. He had a really hard time with it. And it was the first time that I think he wanted to know that he was okay. Oh, I'm getting like a little emotional. It was the first time that in his life where not that he didn't want to know my dad was okay because we've been together 21 years and that was really hard but I think it was just it was such a shock and same with my dad but different I don't know how to explain it I'm not explaining it right but I think after my dad and then with this happening on top of that with a very short period of time that's that's what I'm trying to get at it just had compounded like with everything, with the reader and everything, I think my husband was like, I want to sign too. Like, I think he was finding at that point, like with everything that happened with my dad and the signs that I was getting and with having the reading and where Mark had hit so many things, like so many things. My husband was just like, wow, like it, I think it kind of took him from like closet believer and like really pushed him into like, I think this is like a thing. So he's, Early in the morning, he leaves for work really early. He goes get a coffee and he has to fill out some paperwork before he gets going to work. So he's sitting in his truck behind um, like this where he just kind of always sits when he's just filling out his paperwork before he drives to work after he gets his coffee. And it's dark and the there's like three lights behind this building and they're all fine. They're all on. And he's sitting there and the one light, like he's sitting under the light and it flickers off and flickers on. He doesn't think anything of it. He's like, okay, that was whatever. And then it happens again. And so then he looks up and he's like, what the heck? So he looks to see if the lights are flickering because, you know, sometimes like whatever weird power surge things and everything's fine. And as he looks up, the one light, like right where he's sitting, does it again for a third time. And he just looks up and he goes, hey, buddy. And he like knew, he knew that that was what he wanted. Like he just knew that was his, his buddy that had passed that he had discovered. So he said hi to him and then it didn't happen again. And I thought, wow. And ever since then, he's like every once in a while in the morning, he's like, I get my three flashes and he goes, and it's, it can be a different line. It doesn't matter where he parks, that will happen. And that's his way now of knowing that his buddy is watching him, that he's there, that they're, that he's not gone, you know? And my husband needed that. And it was kind of like, wow, that is so cool. So I'm sitting here one day after this with my sister telling her about this stuff and telling her about the stuff with dad and, you know, all the different things. We're just chatting about it. And there was two things that happened when she was here because it's been a while now and we're in a better place. Like we can talk about it much better. So we went for a walk and I was, we were literally talking about dad and a blue jay, like, flies and like lands in a tree and is like looking at us and my dad loved the blue jays i mean they're never going to win the world series again but when i was young my dad and i went to the world series and watched the blue jays when they actually could win so it was like our thing but everybody knew my dad was a huge baseball fan huge blue jays fan and i had never seen a blue jay actually like i had my messages were different but the blue jay was one that both my sister and i would recognize and we just looked at each other and she was like uh i think dad's saying hi 
And I was like, holy shit, right? Like that's so – and literally this blue jay was like sitting in the tree looking at us. And it was so bizarre because I had never seen one before. So I was like, wow, that's cool. But it could, you know, you just have to take it as you see it. So then we're at home and we're talking at my house and we're talking again. And we have these brand new LED lights and not brand new. We've had them for a while. There's like never been an issue. And we are sitting talking and literally the one light, which is on a three-way switch, which just for context, it's connected to another light. (laughs) It literally like flicks off for a quite a good amount of time and turns back on like not like a like a quick one like probably like three seconds and she and I just look at each other I'm like wow dad's like really trying to like get our attention today and it was just one of those moments where it you know I'm used to different signs and stuff but that one gave me the chills because like it's I couldn't write it off as anything just happening or just hap- or just coincidence because the light has never done that again. And it's a three-way switch, so it shouldn't have like affected one light and not the other light, like just from like how it works. It literally was like somebody turned it off, waited, and then turned it back on, just the one light, which shouldn't have happened either. <laughs> it was super bizarre. Oh my goodness. Ooh, I got the chills just thinking about it. So yeah, those are like my, some of my crazy stories that I have experienced. But honestly, there's so much more. Those are just the ones that like really stand out that I thought, you know what? It's Halloween. Let's share some of these like super bizarre moments. And uh, yeah, so that's where we're at. (laughs) Happy Halloween, y'all. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed some of my freaky stories. Um, Definitely, I feel like everybody has like something if you're open to it, you know, but I don't know. It's the world is an interesting place. And I think there's so many things that we just don't know about. And I think if you're open to like feeling energy and like trying trying to connect with more than just your own like bubble like your own mental self and you actually kind of like allow the vibrations I guess you could say to like be giving and receiving that you do receive like messages from the universe and I just feel like it doesn't matter what you believe but it's nice to believe in something bigger than yourself because then it doesn't just feel so like finite right like the world, like it's like you're here, you're dead, you're worm food. Like I just can't, I can't wrap my head around it being that simplistic. It's that something bigger than ourselves. There's so much that we don't know. There's so much that we don't understand. And I think that's what it is, right? Like this is about energy and this is about spirits that have passed and this is about your ghost stories and all that. But it's kind of that again, like there's so much that we just don't know which is cool. I'm okay with it. All right, guys, until next time, this is the Community Cactus. 